Jessica Grazel on the show today. How you Hi. doing? Good. Good it's, to be here. This is a long time coming because yes. Kiefer Sutherland pulls you away a lot. Uh, yes. Yeah. Him, <laughs> him personally. No, I uh, I am very fortunate to be on the show Designated Survivor and we're getting to the end of the season. And Are you guys still shooting in Toronto? We are still shooting in Toronto. I, do, I am shocked that... Well, actually, I guess it makes sense because... He is Canadian, but I was surprised as hell that that show wasn't an L.A. production. Like, I yes. figured that as you have a star that big, he would never want to be doing Canada. But then I remembered, like, six months into the show's run, I was like, oh, right, he's also he's Canadian. <laughs> that probably helps, yes. Um, I also think uh, the fact that it's, uh, it's significantly less expensive to do the show in Toronto is, yeah. uh, is, a, is a big factor. Yes. So, well, no, I'm, I'm, I think that's yeah. why everyone wanted in right. Toronto, but I, feel, yeah. I always assumed that he would have yeah. pulled it. Somehow yes. his poll would have been like, no, dude, I don't want to go to Toronto. Right. <laughs> no, I think it does help that he... Um, that yeah, I think he has family there or something, but um, well, I'm sure he's but, got dual citizenship at least. So yeah, but um, there is some talk that it might be that it might be moving, but that's really I feel like every show makes has that talk because right. everyone would love yes to, yeah. for their there are huge them. advantages to the writers' room not being three thousand miles away from production. Uh, uh, having look, having having done the flight to Toronto a handful of times. Mm-hmm. It's not a good flight. Like no, and having, it's actually it's worse than the it's worse than the New York trek, right? Because you're going. I've seen worse. It feels like it's, it's worse. Like, yeah, it's. I don't know. Maybe I don't think it, it's not adding that much more to the trip, but it just feels shittier. Well, and you have to go through customs and everything. And, and, that's a pain. and almost always you're flying Air Canada, which at least for me has had a spotty track record. Like, yeah, I've only had to make the the trip once, and and you know it's it is it's grueling, and also having um, you know, production start three hours before any of us are up is um, <laughs> at least three hours is is a huge challenge. There have definitely been times when I've had to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to respond to like a wardrobe email or something. So quick note before we begin, of course, you can get the first 20 minutes of this episode for free over on WordTouch. If you're listening on wordtouchers.com, awesome. I, as of, I, rec- I record these in advance, so I actually launched the site only like three weeks ago from this time, but uh, it's actually been a few weeks from episodes been going up. So if you're listening to WordTouches.com, you're awesome. Subscribe on iTunes, all that stuff. If you want the full episode, the full Jessica Grazel experience, head over to Patreon.com slash WordTouches and sign up for the $1 an episode tier. Get yourself the full episode. Sign up for the $3 an episode tier uh, and get yourself the full episode plus a bonus episode that will be coming out tomorrow. Now, we, were suppo- we wanted to do this last week. Yes. But you had an all-hands-on-deck meeting. Yes. Was that writer-related by any chance, or was that production-related? Oh, no, that was writer-related. So what happened? So we're just getting... uh, So we had a 22-episode season... Um, oh Jesus! That I know show, it's that so show long. Twenty two. It's so long. Um, I <laughs> have, you, have you done a twenty two? Yeah, um, Hawaii Five O is twenty two. Right. Yeah, um, but that, did the, now? Did they have a, did they have a room on that one, or is it well, yeah. like no? Yeah, they we they had, had a room. they had a room, but everything else I've done, yeah, has been either like thirteen or sixteen, and oh my goodness, there is a big difference between. Um, uh, you know, 16 and 22. Uh, so, and, you know, everybody will say this, the production is is a train that's just coming, you know, a thousand miles an hour uh, 
all season long. And on a 22 episode show, that train catches up to you about episode 15. Um, oh. And so you are just it's out serialized, running so it. It's just, it's yes. a, it, which makes it so much harder, I imagine, to be like, all right, we got to slot in an episode. Right. Like, yeah. okay, so, okay, so who has a potato? It's not like Leverage or someone can walk. Was it you who had, I can't remember, when did you go, when did you join Leverage? Because I'm trying to line up. Season certain, one. Season so, one. Okay, yeah. so then you weren't the potato pitch. Someone was a potato pitch. John told me about oh, a potato pitch in season no. like four. Uh, we didn't, my partner and I at the time uh, were not involved in the potato pitch, okay. but I'm sad about that. That sounds <laughs> There uh, was, a, well, according brilliant. to him in the first episode of the show, he tells a story. I can't, I don't remember, it was the person's, it was the person's freelance Oh, chance yes. and they came in they pitched basically a diamond heist episode but the diamond's a potato oh that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing i wish i had thought of that i plan to steal that uh, yeah no on a serialized show like uh designated survivor and most shows right now have at least serialized elements um yeah, but- i mean there are a few standalones but this one really is incredibly serialized so it's very hard to be breaking episode 20 until you've broken episode 19. So you try to catch up by having multiple rooms going at the same time. And um, and it's just, it's hard to make up that time. So so by the end, and, and I've been very fortunate, if my boss ever listens to this, I want to go on record as saying, we've been very fortunate on the show that um, the hours have been reasonable and we have not had to do a lot of seven-day weeks. Um, but that's the job, you know, Um there are days you're gonna have to be there on Sunday, and that's that's the life. Where does rewriting fit into everything? Because that's a lot of breaking and development. Mm-hmm. And so where does the act of getting everything fine tuned to get out to production? First of all, let's start here. How much? How much window? What's your window of time? Right? Because if mm-hmm. you have, if you're a 22 episode mm-hmm. serialized show, and that means that. You're, I'm guessing there's about six weeks between production start to air date. What is the window of time that you have from the point where the first draft is finished to where production gets it? Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, that actually is less, in, uh, in my experience, that is less determined by air date. Because mm-hmm. your rewriting, other than ADR and that kind of thing, is done once once you've got the last day now there are special special circumstances where a scene just doesn't work out or it turns out you need something and you will reshoot something but pretty much all of your opportunity to make it into the script you want it to be is done almost day one of shoot um, right, that's one. Right, so, yeah. from, so how much time do you have before that to do all of the tweaking? So that also that timeline really shrinks as the season goes on Mm -hmm. so when you start a show you've got it feels like you know eons of time before before production um so ideally you'd have a week to break the story you'd have maybe a week to outline the story and then you'd have a couple of weeks to turn in your first draft and then another maybe week to do your rewrite. Okay. Um, so I like in the ideal situation from starting to break the story to when you go into prep, you'd love about, I mean, six weeks that hardly ever happens. Six weeks to do the whole writing process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, including getting a round of notes and then your showrunner taking a pass um, and then obviously you're rewriting through prep because there's a lot of stuff that, um, changes, 
that changes based on needs of production. Like, hey, we found this location and so this needs to adjust or we simply can't um, shoot 70 scenes. And so some of these are going to have to go. Oh, my God. Did um, someone write a 70 scene And now, I mean, I'm script. sure I've turned in a draft that was that ridiculous. Oh, but, Jesus. Um, that's, yeah, it's way too many. Um, so, you know. It, I wrote I wrote 26 scene uh hour long recently and I was just pilot and I was just like that that feels like a lot <laughs> oh 26 wow that's um that's that would my our production team would love it if we ever gave them a 26 scene they'd fly to Los Angeles and kiss us on the mouth um yeah so no I've never turned in a 2016 anything um speaks to my propensity granted, to overwrite but granted in, in my I don't know this would be in my defense but one of the scenes is like 10 pages long oh Oh wow! So it's just probably yeah. because because it's a huge action scene at the middle of the pile that sets the second half of the oh, pile. Okay, up. so it's like so it's t- a sequence. So almost. it's a, it's yeah. it's basically a sequence, but mm-hmm. it's te- it go it like the whole thing goes ten pages. So it's oh. like that might be why that it's only twenty six. Right, <laughs> that's possible. Yeah, uh, again, also uh, I think um, if I ever turn in a ten page scene. Uh, in a television show, I would I would hear about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the coverage on that would uh, would take days and days and days. Um, so uh, yeah, so I mean, I think like ideally, you'd love to have um, you'd love to have about six weeks, but but towards the end of a season, sometimes you have six days. I mean, I've been on shows before. Six days to get the I mean, get the script out for production. Between when I mean I've worked on shows where you're already you're on day one of prep and you don't have a story yet you know so it the calendar just really smushes and you learn to write quickly whether or not that is something um, you feel particularly um, skilled at some people just inherently write fast um, some people really take time. And and on a television show, especially 22 episodes, um, it is just a race against the clock. And so you have to write two acts in a day, whether or not they're good. You have to turn out a, a script over a weekend. And and then the rewriting process basically becomes non-existent. So what is the – so then in that case, what is the checks and balances process? Is it just the showrunner at that point? Because how do you make sure that the onus of this would fall on the showrunner? Mm-hmm. But – how do you make sure that if you only have the one opportunity, at what point in the stage do you make sure to put some extra attention on to make sure, like, is it the outline to make sure it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I know I can trust this outline. Mm-hmm. So if I only have one draft, I right. know I can get, I can nail this in one draft. I think that that uh, depends on sort of your showrunner's process. Mm-hmm. Like some showrunners really like you to give them a detailed outline. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the majority of your time, even though the script is longer, and you think that that would take more time, there are writers who spend more time on their outline because that's really where the showrunner is going to dig in and 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 make sure things are solid. There are other showrunners who um, just know that they really dial in at the script phase. So they don't need you to give them a detailed outline because... They just need to make sure that basic story points are, you know, they just need to get a basic sense of the structure and they're going to sort of dial in and, and hone in on if this, what is working or not working about the story of the script stage. So have you had both? I've had both. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference? Um, 
I really like going off to script with an outline that where you've really kicked the tires. Yep. I think that, um, I agree. So that being said, um, I think that for me, I really hate the outlining process. It's the least fun part. I've learned to love it. Um, I know everybody like, and, and I've learned to appreciate it. There's both like love and appreciation. I've certainly learned to appreciate it. Um, but I always want to just get through it. I just want to get out the door. And then I find myself looking at this blank screen and referring back to my map, which is the outline and realizing my map is useless and, and really hating myself for blowing off that part of the process. What so. I learned to love about the outlining stage is it takes all of the pressure off, not even just some, mm. all of it. Cause mm -hmm. you can go, cause it allows you to make big moves mm -hmm. without worrying about anything and yes. really seeing those big moves on a macro level. Yeah. Cause you're only dealing with about six pages of content yes. and it's just like, or 12, but no 12 hour long, 12, like 12 pages of content. And it's just like, mm -hmm. Oh, well move this up there, move this down. Here. That's true. And it's just, and then you go, and then you can be like, okay, I made all the big moves. I know what this move did, does. I know what this move does. And then you go to the script and like, I can just, I can just literally just take this, copy it into the script, and then just fill out, fill in scenes. Yes. Once you're <laughs> at the script stage, making any structural changes is really hard because it pulls at threads that then can threaten to unravel everything. Which, if you're on a tight deadline, is a disaster. Yeah. Um. You know, which is why I think that um, the most amount of time you should spend is at the breaking stage when everything's just on cards and it's easy or or whatever the process is, cards or written on whiteboards or whatever. Um, and making structural changes is as easy as erasing or taking down a card and putting something up. I think that for me, the fun part of writing happens when you get into the scenes and so I've had to train myself, and it's taken a lot of years, to not rush through the earlier parts, the parts that feel more like construction yes. than writing. It and um, and and if you rush those, you're really going to pay for it at the script stage, yeah. and rewriting is going to be a nightmare. As Albert Kim put it in his episode. Oh, yeah. He's I love Albert Kim. He said, he said, think of the outline as you're building the foundation and then the script is the interior design. Yes. Because if you're because so you're doing the interior design with no plan and you're like, I want to put a bed here, but then you go, wait, but there's a support beam there. Right. I can't put a bed there. Well, it just throws off the entire room, doesn't it? Yep. And, it's, <laughs> and at that point, it's too late, you know? And unfortunately, um, you know, the motto of television is, uh, I think, uh, you can't let, good be the enemy of you can't let perfect be the enemy of good and sometimes you can't let good be the enemy of done it just has to get done yes and if you discover a significant problem at the script stage that you could have fixed at the story breaking stage there just might not be time to fix it um i can't wrap my head around feature writers that i know who spend months toiling over like sometimes right. scenes and i'm yeah. just like because they want to be, they want to get it perfect. Right. Because time is not their enemy. Which sounds wonderful on one it's, hand. On the no. other hand, like it would drive me crazy. It's because never at a been certain point, like I would just get, so, I would drive myself crazy with, I would go into like a tweak spiral that I never pulled out. Of. Well, the problem is that they live on the theory of, and it's true, it can always be better. Of course. And yes. it's like, yeah, it can always be better. Mm -hmm. 
But what? But there has to be a point of diminishing returns on that. And I also think, and I found this in in, in my own writing as well, that it doesn't always get better. Sometimes it just gets different. Mm-hmm. That sometimes mm-hmm. you've just read a scene five times and you're bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you change it. Or because we're all insecure and we assume that everything we've written is terrible and you can make it better. And there, there's a lot of times where it's lateral moves or it steps back. And you also have to take into consideration like that we all have a finite amount of energy. Mm-hmm. And if you're expending this energy rewriting a scene for the sixth time... Um, instead of using that energy to figure out, okay, my my act three break isn't as good. You know, there's a limited number of resources, and especially in television production, choosing how you allocate those resources of both your time and your energy is a huge part of the Mm -hmm. ballgame. Because, you know, like I said, at some point, the cameras are just going to start to roll, and it is what it is. So Now, you had the moments where you had to fight through the no energy to to get a draft out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm eight months pregnant and I put in a 16 hour day like last (laughs) week. Um, Yeah, I there is there is certainly a um, a fighting through fatigue um, factor uh, in in this job. And it's true of everybody um, that now when now I can can understand fighting through the fatigue on the first draft. Right. mm -hmm. When you get to the rewrite stage, you know. At what point do you just let, do you ever reach a point of just, I want the showrunner to take over? I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, I, yeah. You take it. Usually after about 10 minutes. <laughs> really? Um, uh, <laughs> no, you know, what I do is I try to, um, I, I overcome my fear of the blank page by trying to get out a relatively rough draft pretty quickly. I don't understand how people do that. Like, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't do the vomit draft. I you know, I have it. to say, mine is not a vomit draft. I will still tweak the scenes as I go through it. Sometimes people, like, there are people who just really just put it out there and keep moving. I don't do that. I sort of do a hybrid of it. But I won't let myself go over a scene three or four times before I move on to the next scene. Mm-hmm. Um I sort of force myself to keep moving forward and say, you'll go back. Now, after I've gone back through a script, I've workshopped scenes three, maybe four times. At that point, I'm like, I am ready for another pair of eyes on this. And sometimes that's if you have the time and you are and you work with people whose opinions you respect and who are generous enough to offer this, which I've been lucky enough to do. Um it helps to get somebody else's eyes on it, not before it goes to the showrunner and you get their thoughts and you get their feedback. But yes, definitely by the time I've gone through probably like a third draft, which I would consider like my polished draft, I'm just really ready for this to become somebody else's problem. Um, but you don't feel yeah. that deep, but you're not viewing that as a, cause I don't, you don't view that as like a passing of the buck. Like it's like, I did my part. Yeah. Like I did my part of the job. It's right. not my show. I mean, it's like in a relay, right? Like it's not it's not laziness to hand off the baton. That is the process. Um, that is how it has to go. Right. And I think that um, how many movies would be be- would benefit from that? Right. It's just so many. It's just like your turn. Like I yep. d- I can't. I'm I'm spent. I got to go do another thing. Like right. <laughs> but I mean, I also think that sometimes uh, it can. It, it's like a game of. To hear the rest of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash wordtetris.